Welcome to First Reading, the Old Testament lectionary podcast for Bible dorks everywhere. Hey! I'm, hey! <laughs> I'm the Reverend Dr. Rachel Wren, Queen of the Bible dorks, ordained Lutheran pastor and assistant professor of biblical studies at Trinity Lutheran Seminary. And I'm Rosie Canathal, a fellow dork, a yeah. PhD candidate and instructor at Emory University. This week, we are bringing you preaching tips and studying insights from Joshua 5, verses 9 through 12. The first reading for the fourth Sunday in Lent, March 27, 2022. Tim McNinch is off for the week, and Rachel's up to bring you some tips and tricks for this week's readings. What are you taking the listeners through this week, Rachel? <laughs> I love that. You should really be asking, like, what are you putting the listeners through this week, Rachel? <laughs> are you torturing our listeners with this week? What? <laughs> I've got somewhere, I think I've got somewhere fun to take us. And it's something that I've been chewing on for a while now. And I feel like the threads of it are starting to come together. And I'm kind of excited about it as like a possible new angle of research. New angle of research? Sign me up, dork. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Come, dorks, come. Okay, so first off, and this is going to come as no surprise, but my first suggestion is expand the passage. Mm. We get four little bitty verses. That's all we're getting here, four verses. Please start Mm. at least at the beginning of the chapter at chapter five, verse one. Nice. Okay, so you think it's going to be helpful to include the narrative about, oh, wait, the circumcision (laughs) of all the males after the crossing of the Jordan? Uh, Are you sure? (laughs) Okay, so I know it might seem less than beneficial at first, but just hang with me for a minute. When we get to the New Testament, we find that every gospel, except for John's, has Jesus beginning his ministry in the wilderness. And the wilderness is this really fascinating idea throughout the Bible. And especially in the Hebrew Bible, it can carry a lot of different connotations. Because it's a time of testing, but it's also a time where the Israelites show really extreme trust. And at sometimes they have this like unadulterated worship of God. And then at others, they're performing acts of unforgivable idolatry. (laughs) So there's a really different tone that is taken when the wilderness is discussed in the Bible. Now that could be due to the fact that there were different religious traditions that received these wilderness stories differently, wrote them down separately, and then they were brought together later by an editor. It could be that, but I think if we kind of look at it canonically, it also could just be a reality of what wilderness experiences are like. You don't have to go into detail, Rosie, but have you ever had what some people would call like a wilderness wandering experience? I mean, does a PhD? (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely it does. (laughs) Because as you were saying that, all I could think about was uh, testing check, uh, confusion, wandering. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, exactly. And that that's a perfect like description of these experiences because it's really hard to answer questions about them. So if I were to ask you, Rosie, your experience as a PhD student, has it been good or bad? Has God been faithful or unfaithful? Do you appreciate the experience or do you wish you'd never had to go through it? Like, would it be hard to give a simple answer to any of those questions? Yeah, absolutely. Right. There's no uh, there's no toggle switch on 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 those. Like there's yeah. that would take Yeah, that would take a while to expand on. Yes, exactly. They are these fully fleshed experiences. And and the wilderness in the experience that you're describing as a PhD student and in the Bible is what I like to talk about and what they talk about in literature or architecture as a liminal space. And that's probably going to be a pretty familiar uh, term to most folks. But in case it's not, 
a liminal space is like a space between times or a space between physical settings. In these spaces, the rules of the conventional world are temporarily suspended. They're kind of like spaces of tension where transformation can happen. So running with this idea of a liminal space, I'm going to do something I haven't done on the podcast before, which is to read a big chunk of an abstract of a modern literature dissertation. Oh, wait, what? Really? I know. Yes, really, because it's so good, and I promise it relates, so just roll with me here for a minute. The dissertation was written by a guy named Adam Engel. You can find it online. It's called Between Two Worlds. And in it, Engel looks at five modern or postmodern authors who are all doing something similar with liminal spaces. They're crafting a space that allows their characters to, quote, articulate seemingly ineffable experiences, end quote. Okay, here's the big chunk. Engel says this. These authors establish spaces in which characters can challenge their body's boundaries. The liminal or middle phase of the rite of passage, treated as a real or imagined setting, enables this by temporarily dissolving conventional social hierarchies. This study intervenes in both anthropology and ontology by revealing artists' use of liminal spaces to challenge hierarchies, reimagine connections between individuals, and return voices to people who have lost them. This is just, I mean, these, when I read this, I thought, oh my gosh, this is the wilderness experience. His very Hmm. last line of this abstract goes like this. To cross the threshold into liminal space is to confront all of the possibilities and to emerge, if at all, with shifted bodily boundaries. So in Hmm. Exodus, God is like preparing the people to go into this liminal space where hierarchies are challenged and remade, connections are reimagined between individuals and the community and the community and God, and voices are returned to people who have lost them in Egypt. Now, this isn't quite the last Sunday of Lent, but we're getting close. And at the end of Joshua, what's happened is the people emerge from this liminal space. They celebrate the Passover. God says that today I have rolled away from you the shame of Gilgal. They perform circumcision on all the males, and they get ready to re-enter life with that shifted bodily boundaries that Engel describes in his abstract. Now, We're not quite to Easter, but if you preach this text this week and you use this idea of liminal space, I think it could set you up really well to use some of those same ideas in your Easter sermon, and it is never too early to prep for Holy Week. Wow. I mean, I've never thought of that. The idea of bringing in a dissertation, (laughs) maybe there's hope for all of us. (laughs) If preachers can use dissertations, I mean, thanks to Adam Engel for, you know, uh, really inspiring your imagination there and ours too, about the liminal spaces that are available here in scripture too, right here in Joshua. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I think without this kind of understanding, it just is like a very historical piece. Like the Israelites have left the wilderness and now they're getting ready to take over everything. And it's like, whoa, 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 let's just pause and remember what they just came through. And this fact that they they celebrate the Passover, it's like they're they're remembering their bodies to experience that salvation all over again. And then they actually change their bodily boundaries through circumcision, at least for the males as well. 
And this idea, you know, what happens to us when we are confronted by God in these liminal spaces? And folks, you're going to have people who are in liminal spaces in your congregation and who are really desperate for them to be over with, but who maybe are also starting to feel the benefits of what happens and what can shift in those liminal spaces. Wow. It also sounds a little painful too. Like yeah. A breaking, a breaking open. Yeah. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's so hard to characterize those experiences because it's like, do you wish you had never gone through it? That's always the one that people are kind of like, ah, you know, I'm not really sure how to answer that one. Yeah, right. Because you've shifted so completely that now it's yeah. like, what, uh, who, this new person wouldn't exist if, right. if not for that experience. Right. Yeah. Well, folks, that will do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks to Tim McNinch for making us sound incredible. If you've been dying for a first reading mug, sticker, or phone case, head on over to our website at firstreadingpodcast.com. Check out our swag there. A final thanks as well to Trinity Lutheran Seminary for the grant that helps us do what we love. If you'd like to support our efforts as well, you can. Um, Until next time, though, I'm Rosie Cantable. And I'm Rachel Wren. Happy preaching.